your Bibles with me to Psalm 73, the book of Psalms. And after you find the book of Psalms, if you'll open your Bible, turn to chapter 73, Psalm 73. And while you're turning there, we'll dismiss all the children up through age eight. If you'd like to go to Children's Church, you're welcome, of course, to stay with your family or whoever you're with. Greg, thank you so much for that. We do appreciate you being here today. Appreciate some of you who have visitors with you. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? As you know, this is February. This is Heart Month. In Psalm 73, there are 28 verses. I'm going to read through the entire 28 verses. If you'll follow along in your Bible as I read aloud. And at least six times in this chapter, I find the heart mentioned. The heart mentioned. You follow along as I read. Psalm 73, beginning with verse 1. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious at the foolish, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore pride compasseth them about as a chain, violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness, they have more than heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression, they speak loftily. They set their mouth even against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Therefore his people return hither, and waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. And they say, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily I have cleansed my heart in vain, and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say, I will speak thus, behold, I should offend the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I therein. Surely, God, thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation as in a moment? They are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awakeneth, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reins. So foolish was I and ignorant, I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me up by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but my God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God, that I may declare all thy works. 
You'll notice in the very first verse of this psalm, the psalmist, and it is believed that a fellow by the name of Asaph or Asaph, depending on which way you want to pronounce it, was used of God to write this particular psalm as well as some others. And Asaph makes a wonderful declaration of truth in the first verse, and that is that he knew what it was to have a clean heart, but not just a clean heart, but a confident, content heart. Look what he says, truly, truly. Now that's confidence, and that's contentment. Truly God is good to Israel. Now put the USA in there. Put your name in there. Truly God is good. Put your name in there to Frank, even to such as are of a clean heart. Clean, confident, continual. Let me ask you a question. Be honest with yourself. Are you sitting here today, or am I standing here today, before God Almighty with a genuine, clean, contented, confident heart in my Heavenly Father and the things of God? I mentioned this is Heart Month. A few days ago, it seems like we got a magazine in the mail. Many of you, maybe all of you got one. It was from one of the hospitals. I'm not sure now which one. And on the front was a picture of heart reminding us this is heart month. And in that magazine, there were a lot of good articles reminding us. And I didn't read all of them. Maybe I should have on reminding us to take as good a care of our heart, that pump in there that keeps that blood circulating. And by the way, that's pretty important, isn't it, that we take care of that physical heart, that organ in our body. But did you know God over and over again in the Bible also reminds us how important it is to take care of that heart, the inner man, that which is inside of us. As a matter of fact, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 23, Proverbs 4, 23, we're reminded to keep our heart or guard our heart, that's that inner man, with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We're reminded in 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, 1 Samuel 16, 7, that we serve a true and living God who doesn't look on the outward appearance, although the outward appearance is, is, is of God's concern, but God looketh on the heart. God's concerned about what's on the inside, doesn't he? We're reminded of, at the end of Psalm 139 where David said, Oh God, search me, search me and try me and see if there be any... And search my heart, oh God, just put the x-ray on the inside of me. And oh God, David cried out in Psalm 51, Lord, create in me a clean heart, a clean heart. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8, Jesus said, Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. I wonder what that means. They shall see God. Blessed, blessed, what a blessed. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Maybe they'll understand God better. They'll know God and experience God and fellowship with God. And one day, one day, when you get to heaven, we're going to see God. What will that be? I don't know. I have no idea. But we're not going to be disappointed. Blessed. Isn't it a blessing for the grace of God to give you a pure heart? And you know what? Not only is it a blessing, but you find out that those who have been made pure in heart by the grace of God become blessings to others, don't they? 
all the blessings and the blessings that come from those who are pure in heart. But yet the prophet Jeremiah reminded us in Jeremiah 17 verse 9 that the heart is desperately wicked. To pray desperately wicked. Who can know? Who can really know what man's sinful heart is capable of? But God Almighty is the only one who can fully understand it. But we get glimpses of it from time to time, don't we? Oh, the blessedness of a pure heart and oh, how our mind is so boggled at times of the wickedness that man's heart can come up with. This past week, many of you, if not all of you, heard on the news about a little six-year-old girl that was taken from her front yard down near Columbia, South Carolina. And a day or two later, the body of that little six-year-old girl was found in the wooded area just a few blocks from the home. We hear about that regularly now, don't we? But this one sort of hit home because that little girl only lived a mile and a half from our daughter and son-in-law who has three little boys. How many times, and our kids get tired of hearing us say this, when, when I was growing up, we walked for miles. We rode our bicycles for miles and went fishing and swimming in the, in the river and, and hitch, hitchhiked. Some of you don't know what hitchhiking is, you know, and, uh, and, and all, and didn't think a thing about it. The world changed from the time I got married, and Judy and I had five children. But even raising our kids, we'd let our kids walk several blocks down to play basketball in the basket parking lot behind the Methodist church where there was a basketball. They would walk to the store and back. We didn't think anything about it. Now you don't even let your kid play out in the yard unless you're fortunate enough to have a fenced-in backyard and then you still find yourself constantly peeking out the window checking on them. The wickedness, the wickedness of man. That's the world we live in. Oh, the blessedness of a pure heart and the wickedness of an ungodly heart. Asaph shares here a testimony or an experience that he went through. Now it's all over with. In verse 1 he says, well, he says this, I have a clean, by the grace of God, I have a clean heart, a confident, content, clean heart. But you know what? Let me share something I went through. In verse 2, but as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Now, Asaph, if he were living today, we would recognize him as an internationally known leader among Christianity. Because Asaph, you go back and read about him, in the, he, he, he oversaw almost all of the music in the temple worship, the choirs, the instruments, the, the singers and all. I mean, he had a, and, and, and was known, nationally known in the nation of Israel, Asaph. If it can happen to Asaph, it can sure happen to little old Frank Hall, amen. And it can happen to you and me. Well, what happened? Well, let's notice real quickly some different heart situations that can happen. First of all, we notice there's the corrupt heart. Verses 2 through 12, something Asaph needed his heart cleansed. But what did he need his heart cleansed from? Well, you know, we automatically, if you're like me, you think, oh boy, what horrible sin did he commit? Did he commit adultery like David did with Bathsheba? And he cried out, oh God, created me a clean heart. 
What was it that Asaph did? No, it wasn't necessarily immorality or thievery or murder. But what is happening in Asaph's life? It sins like this. We're going to see envy, jealousy, pride, discouragement, discontentment, starting to question God. God, why would you let that happen to that little six-year-old precious little girl? Why, God, did you let me have cancer? Why did you let this happen? Why? Come on, folk, let's be honest. We're human. We struggle. If Asaph struggled with these things, Frank Hall does sometimes. Do you? Sure we do. We ask ourselves these questions. And believe it or not, it can even lead you to the point. Look at verse 13. Asaph said, Verily I've cleansed my heart in vain. It can even lead you as a born-again Christian to where to a degree you can almost become skeptical and say, do I, is this really true? Is it true? Is it true? Because we all still have that heart, don't we? So look, in verses, let's just, in verses 2 through uh, 12, all of a sudden, Asaph sees the wickedness around him, the world he lives in, all these horrible things happening, and he says, he asks that age-old question, why does it sometimes seem like that, that, that God's people, and, and, and we love the Lord, and we, we're sowed out, and we sacrifice, and we pray, and we read our Bibles, and yet it some, seems like sometimes we're getting the worst of the deal down here. And, and look at the wicked, look at the ungodly, look down here in Richmond, man, everything's going their way, everything's falling right in place, and, and it, just, it just doesn't seem fair sometimes. Now, you know, when it lands on your front doorstep, makes a difference, doesn't it? You see. And notice Asaph says in verse 2, But as for me, my feet were almost gone, my steps had well nigh slipped, for I was envy at the foolish. Now, now he's done work. He's, God's helped him work his way through this now, and he's talking about it, and he's looking back at it, and he says, I can't believe this happened to me. Of all things, I was jealous and envy of those that God says are so foolish. And by the way, you know, I thought about this this week. Why, why would I envy and be jealous of any good thing that happens to an unsaved person in this life? Because that's the only good they're ever going to know. If they don't repent and come to Jesus, they're going to be in hell for eternity. Why would I get mad if God out of his goodness and mercy decides to bless them in this life? And Paul said in Romans chapter 2, the reason God's good to them is not because God's approved with them, but God hopes that his goodness will lead them to the place where they'll repent of their sin and come to Jesus Christ and be saved. And yet Asaph said, I was envy of the foolish. Verse 3, when I saw the prosperity of the wicked... Even some of them, when it comes time to die, there's no fear. They don't seem, verse 5, to be in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued. Now, you know what? I really, I really think that, that Asaph needed to get things back in focus, don't you? Listen, all the wicked and ungodly out here aren't prospering. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. You see, sometimes we, get, we, can, we can get our vision blurred, can't we? And all of a sudden, Asaph, he, things were just out of proportion in his life. And then he says in verse 7, Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. They just seem to have everything their way and everything their heart wants. 
But in verse 8, he said they are corrupt. They speak wickedly. They even cry out against God, verses 9 and 10 and verse 11. Ah, even if there is a God, does he know? Does he even take note? These are the ungodly, verse 12. The corrupt heart. And by the way, but for the grace of God, where would Frank Hall be today? But we do. We look around at the world we live in, and depending on your situation or what situation you're dealing with and the circumstances, and you see the the sin and in in your face, in God's face, <clears throat> boy, <clears throat> and in and, and some ways in our American culture right now, it seems like, man, <clears throat> the ungodly just pulled all the stops out. <clears throat> and it's just in your face. And what's going to happen, we don't know. We sure need revival in this country, don't we? But sometimes you look around, and Asaph was dealing with this in his lifetime and in his nation. And he said, I saw all this. I saw this corrupt heart and, and sin and wickedness and all of a sudden we see a heart that Asaph's heart started to become cold and calloused or perhaps confused. I'm not sure of the exact word to use because he says in verse 13, Verily I've cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. He said, you know what? What good's it doing to pray? What good's it doing to study my Bible? What good does it do to go vote anyway? What good does it do to give out gospel tracts and, and witness the gospel? Nobody seems to want to get saved. You ever thought thoughts like that? No, I've never thought thoughts like that. I'm talking about ASAP here this morning. Hey, we're human, aren't we? We're human. Can Now, here's ASAP, folks. Here's an internationally leader among Christianity, and he's, he's worked his way through it now. He, he, he said, he said when, when I was going through this in verses 14 and 15 and 16, he said, I couldn't even tell anybody about it. I mean, I can't get up on Sunday morning and look out at the congregation and say, folks, I'm, 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 sometimes I, I'm not even sure I should have ever gotten saved. I'm not even sure, you know, I mean, my goodness gracious. He said, I couldn't admit these struggles I was going through. But now that God's taken me through it and I'm on the winning side, I look back and I say, man, how, how could I have allowed my heart to get in that condition that I was envy of the foolish and the wicked and I'm even wondering if it's worth serving the Lord, getting the gospel out. God doesn't seem to be doing anything. And the world's going to hell in a handbasket, as we say. He said it was just, if people knew. He said, he said, if people just knew the thoughts that was going through my mind. Now, I don't know. I don't know what all was going on in Asaph's life at that time. I know he said, I'm chastened every morning. I'm plagued every day. Maybe he was going through physical. He didn't share with us any personal details. Maybe it wasn't just what he saw all going on in the world around him. Maybe he personally, physically, emotionally, or some we don't know what all was going on in his life. But his heart was struggling. He saw the corrupt heart. He saw the con he experienced a confused heart. But then he gets a convicted heart. You know, it's good for us Christians to have our hearts convicted and pricked at times. You know what happened to Asaph? He decided to start going back to church. Look at verse 17. 
until I went into the sanctuary of God. Now today, that would be like us saying, hey, I went back to church. I've said this many times, you've heard me say this before, and, 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 and I understand I'm as human as you are. I've had people tell me, hey, why'd you quit going to church? Well, I'm having these issues. And as soon as I get it straightened out, I'm coming back to church. You know, that's like me saying, you know, I'm really having some pains in my chest area. And as soon as this all clears up, I'm going to go see the doctor. You'd say, Frank, let me check your temperature. I believe you're running a fever, you know? You say, man, go. You need help. You know, this is a spiritual hospital. If you can get it all straightened out, you don't, we don't need each other, amen? We're here to help each other grow in the Lord and get our hearts right with God and keep our hearts right with God by the grace of God. But you know, how many times have our, we're human and we do that? Well, as soon as I get, no, 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 no. Asaph said, you know, I went back to church and all of a sudden, watch this, this is our theme, God helped me to refocus. God helped me to refocus. And all I was focused on was this life and the temporal. And all of a sudden, God reminded me, whatever happens in my life, whatever happens on my doorstep, whatever happens in the state of Virginia, whatever happens in America, whatever happens in this life is only temporal, and the ungodly are going to spend eternity in hell one day, we wish that weren't true. It's their choice. It's their decision. But hallelujah, I have God. I know God. And I'm going to spend eternity with him in heaven. Notice what he says in verse 17. Until I went into the sanctuary, then understood I their end. Surely God. And then he begins to describe what's going to happen to these. These very ones that instead of me loving them and being concerned and taking the gospel to them, here I was bitter and jealous and envy of them. How could I have allowed my heart to get in such a mess? Verse 21, Thus my heart was grieved and I was pricked in my heart. So foolish was I and ignorant. I was as a beast before. You know, here's Asaph looking at God and saying, God, you know what? I, 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 I was acting as though I had no more spiritual understanding than a dog or a cat or a cow or an animal out here. And by the way, there is a distinction between man and all the rest of the animal world. Amen. God gave you the capacity to communicate with God, fellowship with God, and there's a void in every person on this planet that can only be filled by God Almighty. And he said, here, here I am, an internationally known spiritual leader. And I was acting as unspiritual as a dumb animal out here somewhere, God. And you helped me get things back into focus again. For time and eternity, my heart was pricked. And then we might say he had a converted heart of communing heart with the Lord. He says in verse 23, Nevertheless, God, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Now, I don't know all the details, but it was almost like Asaph was saying, God, I, 
I was just about ready to give up on you. But God, you never entertained the thought of giving up on me. God, I was, I don't know what Aesop was going through. I don't know what maybe some of you are going through this morning. You and I don't know what any of us will be going through the days we come. And humanly, emotionally, it was like Aesop was saying, God, I, there, there was a time when I thought I just wanted to turn you loose. But God, you never entertained a thought of turning me loose. You had my hand out. Look at verse Verse 23 again. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. And, oh God, thou shalt guide me. And thy counsel, there's the word of God. And afterward, when this life is over, <laughs> I not only got you leading me and guiding me through this life as a shepherd, but hallelujah, you're going to take me to glory one day. He had just talked about all the ungodly when one day they're going to wake up, God's going to move, and they're going to find themselves in an eternity without God. Now, Asaph's not rejoicing about that now. His heart's broken. He said, Lord, I don't need to be envy. Oh, God, my heart needs to be broken for these people that I was jealous and envious of. Oh, God, they need, they need the gospel. They need Jesus. And, oh, God, I've got you. I've got glory. Verse 25, Whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire. My flesh and my heart faileth, O oh God. And the older we get, we realize this, don't we? Our flesh is weak. And, yes, even our hearts are weak. Not physically, but the inner man. But God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. For, lo, they are... They that are far from thee shall perish, O God. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord that I may declare all thy works. And you know what? Listen up, and I'm wrapping it up. I've said this many times. It's easy preaching, hard practicing sometimes, isn't it? Every trial, every heartache, Every disappointment in life. Is there anybody here today and you can say, ever since you got saved, every single thing's gone your way constantly? No, it just life's just not that way, is it? But every disappointment, every heartache, every trial can become a wedge to drive you away from God. I'm not talking about losing your salvation. I'm talking about your heart growing cold, callous. How many of us know professing Christians who are bitter, mad, angry. They won't go to church. They, they'll tell you about how some preacher disappointed them and this happened and some deacon made them mad or something. And they're as bitter and mad and they probably don't even read their Bibles and pray and you, you, and you can't help but wonder, are they even really saved? You know, Every heartache can be a wedge to drive you away. Or it can become a vice. Now, you know what a vice is? Not a vice in a bad way. A vice is where you, you put it, the, 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 the object in there and you squeeze it together. You squeeze it up. Aesop said, you know, I went through an experience. How long it lasted, what the details were, I don't know. And he said it was almost like I just thought, well, I'm going to back off praying, back off my Bible, forget church, no more tracts, no more serving God, no more, no more serving the Lord. What I realized was, man, that's when I needed to draw nigh to God. 
I ever needed to draw nigh to God and be close to God and get on my knees and get into the Word of God, it was now. Hey, let's be careful. If that can happen to Esau, <laughs> I know, hey, little old Frank Hall needs to watch his heart and keep it with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Amen. We need to take care of that old pump in there. Yes, we do. But we need to take care of that inner man. God is the strength of our heart. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. I don't know why God laid this on my heart this morning, this week to preach. If there's just one person here today, just one, that's struggling, maybe right now you're sitting there thinking, I, in a tiny way, can understand what ASAP was going through because I'm struggling emotionally, spiritually. And Pastor Hall, if you were in my situation today, maybe you would understand it, and that's absolutely true. It's not always easy to see things from another man's perspective or another woman's perspective, is it? But God knows, God understands. Whatever it is, let God use it to draw you closer to Him. Don't let the devil use it to give you a cold, callous heart. Oh, no, let God use it to draw you closer to Him. And you can say with Asaph, hey, God's grace is so wonderful. I struggled, but by the grace of God, truly, I have a confident, contented, clean heart. Everything's okay. I have God. And with God before you who can be against you I know God as my heavenly father I know Jesus as my savior father may the Holy Spirit you promised that your word would not go and return void but would accomplish the purpose for which it's sent forth I pray God that you'll use it in our lives today and in the weeks and months and years to come oh God may the Holy Spirit bring these truths back to our remembrance May we not let the circumstances of life drive us from you, but, oh, God, draw us near to you. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me, please? Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. <clears throat> While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you've been very patient, and I appreciate that. But I'm going to ask the pianist to begin to play softly. There might be somebody here today that needs to get saved. Maybe you're here today and... You, 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 you've never trusted Jesus Christ. You've never truly repented and trusted Christ. Would you let us pray with you and help you? Now, right where you stand, you, you can reach out to God right where you stand. But maybe one of our men could pray with you. God works through people. Maybe one of our ladies, you could just share your heart and they would pray with you and help you. No obligation to this church. We just want to help you. Would you just step out the nearest aisle, meet me right down here at the front? I'll simply say, why did you come forward? And you tell me what's on your heart. Maybe you're not sure you're saved. Maybe there's another burden or need on your heart that we've not even mentioned, but you know what it is. And you'd just like to share your heart with someone. If we can help you in any way at all, that's what it's all about. Would you come right now? If there's any need at all on your heart that we can help you with today, no matter what it is. I suspect in a group this size, with all the problems and trials, that there's somebody here today and your heart's struggling. Maybe you just wonder why, why even keep praying. 
Why even keep witnessing? Why even keep reading the Bible? We all go through these things to some degree, don't we? Oh, my, let's keep our hearts close to the Lord. Guard that heart. Not lose that first love. Stay close to Jesus in these times in which we're living. If we can help you, I'm going to ask the pianist to finish this verse, and that'll be all. If we can help you, you come right now. people said, hey,